Hi everyone, I'm Suzanne Delahunty and this is Freedom Hunters, a podcast about inspiring people who have escaped the rat race and found freedom in their dream career. We talk about their career journeys, how they changed career, the challenges they faced along the way and what success means for them now that they're doing what they love. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Celeste Wong, who is probably better known by her brand, The Girl in the Cafe. Celeste is the ultimate multi-hyphenate. She is a barista, actress, film producer and presenter, and blogger on all things coffee, lifestyle and travel. She's a coffee expert and brand consultant and has her own brand of coffee beans, as well as a clothing and accessories line. Originally from New Zealand, Celeste's career started with jobs in hospitality, acting and fashion. It wasn't long before she moved to London, where she worked as a barista in London's fledgling premium coffee scene and pursued her love of acting. But when she realised that she needed more fulfilment from work, she took her career into her own hands and became the ultimate multi-hyphen businesswoman. In this episode of Freedom Hunters, I talked to Celeste about how she made the leap from barista to businesswoman, developing a brand and how failure is a necessary part of work and life. to the podcast, Celeste. Hi. <laughs> Thanks um, for having me. When you first meet people and they ask you what you do, how do you describe it? Um, well, first of all, I freak out <laughs> <laughs> because I think, how do I describe it so that they'll understand and not put me in, in, in a box, basically? Mm. I say that I'm, I work in the coffee industry I blog about coffee, lifestyle, and travel. I am also an actress, and I produce films. I also test top-quality coffee products, and I work with brands. I make content, and I also have my own coffee brand, like Coffee Beans, which I supply offices, cafes, and homes. But that is quite a lot to say. (laughs) So... um, you know, so yeah, back, you know, a few years ago, I would have said, Oh, I'm an actress and a barista. Um, but obviously that's changed over the last few years. So I, I was telling you before I had this conversation with a friend where, because I'd gone to this party and I, it was with a whole bunch of people that I knew from years ago that I used to work with as a barista. So they knew me as a completely sort of different, at a different stage of my life. And I felt like they didn't really understand what I was talking about and they couldn't understand how I was making a living. And they kept trying to go, but, oh, but you're freelance. So do you like every day, do you go to a different cafe and and work? And, and I was thinking, oh, I was trying to explain to them, oh, I do, I do this, or this is, this is, these are the other things that I do. This is part of my business. Um, and I sort of came away going, I don't, we couldn't really connect because Mm -hmm. I don't think they sort of, not that they should, you know, what you do sort of defines you or anything like that. But, um, and maybe that's just an insecurity of, of mine. And, um, so I was speaking to my friend and she's like, well, you know, what would Oprah say? <laughs> and I was like, I oh, yeah. She's like, you know, at one point Oprah would have said, oh, I'm a, I'm a presenter. I'm a, you know, I'm a TV in- interviewer or, you know, something like that. And she's like, why can't you just say I'm a businesswoman? 
Well, that sums it up pretty, you know, yeah, pretty succinctly, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I and but I mean, I also found myself going, "Oh, who am I to be thinking saying I'm a businesswoman? Isn't that sort of quite brash and arrogant?" But actually, like, why? Of course, yes, I'm a I'm a businesswoman. I do lots of different things. Mm. Um, yeah, I make my money and make a living in a in a whole sort of a whole bunch of ways that are you know, that are interesting and creative and are fulfilling for me. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's maybe what I'm so going to say next time, but I don't know on. what reaction I'm going to get. <laughs> it's like if they ask me any quest- more in-depth questions like, how are you a businesswoman? Then, then like, we'll what, go into yeah, it. What kind of business? <laughs> yeah, it does sound a little bit like, <laughs> a bit shady. Yeah, a bit shady. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, how do you – How do you, what do you say? Well, it's funny because nowadays – I'm still doing legal work as a lawyer, f- as a freelancer. Yeah. A few days a week. And then all the other times I'm sort of, I'm writing. I edit a travel guide called Lux City Guides and I have a podcast. And so it, I, I still find that I tell people a different thing depending on who they are. So if I meet someone yeah. through my kind of like legal connections or that kind of world, I'll just say I'm a lawyer. Um, it's so hard yeah. though, because like, I assume that, like me, you love everything that you do. So you kind of, you don't want to hold back anything because you're like, oh my God, I do, I have this and this and this and I do that, you know, but then you also don't want to be showing off, but it's just from a genuine, like, I actually really love all the things that I get to do, but you can't always say everything because it's just, it's not that interesting to probably to other people. I don't know. Yeah. Like it. that's how I feel, but I'm also, you know, about what I do, but I'm also aware of, you know, not just kind of boring the pants off someone else about like, you know, a very simple kind of question, which yeah. is really, I guess, is like an opening to sort of see where the other person can connect with you. Yeah, Like, exactly. you know, like, for example, yeah. if I'm at a party, that mm. it's like, I hate that question. Like, so what do you do? But it's also so, it's so insightful. I don't know, like, I like to imagine or hope that what people are doing is what people choose to do. You know, it's what they love to do. And I know that that's not always the case. So it's it's not it's not really that relevant, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't always assume that. <laughs> <laughs> like when you were in high school, did you know what you wanted to do? What did you no. want to be when you grew up? Oh, God, I think from, you know, being a kid, I think I always wanted to be like, you know, a singer. Or something like that. No, you can sing. No, it doesn't mean that I can sing, but it doesn't mean, also, you know, it, um, just because you can't do something doesn't mean you don't, <laughs> you don't want to be able to do it. Mm. Um, I probably thought I could sing, um, yeah. but I don't think it was actually a real, you know, mm. a real dream. I, I think I was just, oh, yeah, you know, I could be a singer. And, um, you know, at one point I wanted to do art, Um but actually, I think when I was 15, I was I wanted to do art at school, but my parents wouldn't let me. So I had to do economics in Japanese oh, because wow. that was the way the world was going. Yeah. So literally my art is has stunted. So if you got me to draw something now, I, I would probably draw like a 15-year-old. And, and for such a long time, I thought, oh, well, I'm not creative or I'm not allowed to be creative. And so I think 
not that it's a huge thing because I've, you know, I've overcome that a lot. Well, you're making up for lost time. Yeah, no, for sure. (laughs) Totally. Well, that's exactly what I did. I mean, I left, I finished university and I went to sort of the highest level I could go. And then I just broke away, Mm. moved countries, started acting. What did you, know. you study at university? Um, I actually did a business and a consumer and applied sciences degree and a uh, – what was the other one? Consumer and applied sci- – oh, and a commerce degree. <laughs> so it's okay. like I just had a blank. So then so, after uni, did you – is that when you moved to London? No, I actually went to Melbourne mm-hmm. um, and that's when I sort of started dabbling in um, acting and fashion and hosp- more hospitality. I've always – you know, I learned – to make coffee while I was studying and all that kind of stuff. So that has been sort of the thread through so much of my life. I guess I didn't really admit or I didn't think it was important. I always thought, oh, I'll leave this. This job is just like an in-between stage. This is just making my rent and and all of that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I was really into it but kind of didn't admit it. That so was yeah. It was a, it's a bit of a long road to sort of where I got to because I always thought I had, you know, I was going to get into fashion, and then I decided I didn't like working in that kind of world, and then I thought I would be an actress, and I still do a little bit of that because I still really enjoy the challenge. I think, I think acting for me isn't so much about just getting the job and and doing doing the job. It's more about sort of the process and the journey of of how I develop as a person in order to be a better actress that's what really fascinates me about acting I think and then after Mm. Melbourne what did you do then oh okay I didn't stay that long in Melbourne um a couple of years um and then I just came straight over to London I didn't have any desire to go overseas when I was a kid I don't know why. I just, I think, yeah, my sister backpacked and I just thought, oh, I don't really, everything's in New Zealand. And then as I sort of went through high school, I don't know, I was thinking about where I would like to live in New Zealand and I didn't want to live in Auckland where um, a lot of my family live. So I thought, and I had some friends going to Melbourne, so I just, I just went like, yeah. I think mm. when I get an idea, sometimes I just do it. Not not without thinking, but just if I'm compelled, I just will do it. Yeah, so I went straight over to Melbourne and then I went on a five my first overseas trip by myself for five weeks and decided I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun and then I decided to move to London like four, four months later and mm. I just moved. And then yeah. what, what were you doing when you first got to London? Were you working in cafes? Yeah. yeah. So I landed – and I always had every intent to – basically, things were going quite well in Melbourne um, acting-wise. So I thought, okay, well, if I can start to – you know, if, I, if things are doing going well there and um, stuff with my coffee was – you know, with uh, the cafe was going really well in Melbourne as well. And I thought, okay, well, I can get a job to tide me over when I'm in London, surely, and – then I'll just become this really successful actress. <laughs> um, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, when I came over to London, I yeah I got a job pretty much straight away because um, at the time in Melbourne we were going through a third wave of coffee and, and where I was working was reputable and I'd 
made quite a good name for myself. I wasn't really interested in all the sort of, you know, the competitions or make, you know, like being like the focus. I was really interested in like doing a really good job of making the best coffees. And like, I was super, super serious about it and still am. But I think that's, that helped get a job and a good place over here. And in that place, it was flat white and London. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's One been of the really, originals. The ori- yeah, the original. And that was really instrumental in, in my life and, um, yeah, my journey over here, actually, just just through the people that I've met through there, my career progression. I didn't know it at the time, but, you know, I was very kind of, you know, because when you get to London and you're young and it's um, a Western country, but it's still, the culture is still quite different. And I didn't, I couldn't understand the accents actually sometimes. <laughs> and you feel a little bit resentful if you want to do, you're doing one thing, but you, you want to do something else, but you kind of mm. have to do something and the pay is terrible and, you know, you have to get up so early and it's messy and all of those sorts of things. And, and I didn't realize it at the time that actually it was setting me up for a really, you know, really good work ethic, meeting some great people, varied people. But that mm. took me a couple of years to actually realize and really kind of take in and appreciate. And once I did, God, that opened up so many so much for me. Yeah. yeah. So what what made you decide to then go out on your own and start freelancing and broadening what you do? Well, I'd been working in the cafe industry for years and I was like, it's, you know, with always with the sort of the thought in the back of my mind, like, oh, I'm going to quit this when I get X, Y, Z, you know, when I get the big acting job or it was mainly like when I got the big acting job or something like that. And that's, that was really difficult. And I would do like lots of little things. Um, coffee's been a staple in my whole life and I actually love it. And I actually am really good at it. And when I realized that I was like, okay, cool. But I'd also like these other things. I like film and acting and I also love people. So I'm like, maybe I should combine all those things. Maybe that would make me feel more fulfilled because I wasn't, I was, I wasn't really feeling that fulfilled. I think that was the, that was the problem. I was going to work and I liked it, but I was, it was getting harder for me mentally to actually really care. And I wanted to care because when, when you care, everything is, is better just into it's better for you. It's better for everybody else. And then I had an idea kind of like it hit me walking down the street and then I just went with it. I thought, so I had the idea of like starting a, um, my own program cause I wasn't able to get the acting work that I wanted. And yeah, I was getting really tired working all the long hours and it was quite stressful at the, at this other, a different cafe that I was working at. So I, and then I was also at the time really fascinated and with the people I was meeting and the conversations that I was having. So I wanted to combine all of that and I made that into, um, well, I wanted to make it into some kind of TV show or my own series. So I basically embarked on producing my own show. 
That's fantastic. And I've seen it and it's just brilliant. Um, did you? So did you keep on working as a barista and then working as, a, I hate yeah. to say side hustle, but you had this creative project on the side which came into being um, as a side project? Totally. And I, I would not refrain from saying hustle because I was – Oh, hustling. hustling. I mean, I hustle every day. I think that's like, I've got this, I've got my necklace on. It's like, it is me. And it's not, um, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just like, it's because it's always on my mind. It's like, mm. I always want to progress the project or whatever it is that I'm doing. And not only for me, but for the people that are working with me, because it, as soon as I started having people work with me on this idea to, for a common goal, cause I, I honestly believed a hundred percent that I was going to change the world and inspire people through the people that I was interviewing. And that was such a driver for me. Mm. It wasn't even about like what it would do for me. It was just like, Oh my gosh, I have this, opportunity to share these fantastic people with the world and maybe it'll help a 14 year old boy who thinks he can't draw but here's the you know watches this and 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 realizes like he can he could become like the biggest I don't know movie art director or something like that um so I really and I don't know whether that was part delusional (laughs) 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 but um but that was honestly like a driving factor because there are there are lots of challenges along the way. So I worked really hard in order to get make money mm. in order to pay for whatever costs we needed. And um, but the responsibility was that this project needed to be good so that it would benefit all all the people that were working on the project and that they could get they could use the project to elevate their own careers. That was really important to me. So that was my own goal. I, you know, everybody else had their own goals within the project. So, you know, it took a long time because, you know, I had no money to pay for people to professionally do it, even though they were all professionals. But in the sense that money buys, um, it saves you time. So if I had money, I could have done it in like a third of the time or, you know, a quarter of the time. But we didn't, and that was the one thing, because you can't kind of have everything. So that was something I had to surrender to. And in all, and between between the start and the finish, I also realized, like, I needed to – there was no one to watch it because I had no audience. So that's when I started blogging and creating content and kind of just documenting my journey into this project that no one knew about that – I had no experience in doing. It was kind of all quite fascinating to me. So, yeah, so I started, so I was working sort of 12 hours a day in the in the cafe and then uh, going home and writing plans and organizing my interviews and writing the blogs and all sorts of things. Mm. And, and that's, that's something I think that you're really good at. I think you have a really clear personal brand as well and I, I wanted to know about that because when I when mm. you look at your website it's really clear what you're all about you know that love oh. of coffee <laughs> and shining a light on yeah. the people in coffee yeah. as well as the coffee itself yeah and a little bit the industry but mostly like the people and the, and the coffee and I'm just yeah. wondering did you deliberately create that at the start think okay this is what my brand is all about or did it develop more organically I think at the time I was searching to figure out who I was because I think 
that is the biggest challenge in life is trying to figure out who you are and who you want to be. And so I was really exploring that and I was probably exploring that through the project that I was doing. So because I was doing that, I was really clear on my purpose of what I wanted it to be and what I wanted it to do, which was inspire people, um, educate people, but also entertain people because I knew that, like we were talking about it earlier, I'm not the most eloquent or I don't know. Sometimes I don't know what to say. Uh, Well, I know what to say, but sometimes I don't say the right thing or I can be inappropriate sometimes. So there needed to be a bit of a, a bit of a give in what I do because I didn't know how it was going to turn out. So I guess in a way I was kind of giving over to giving away like the control of things. Um, But in that I realized what it was that I wanted to do I think that the girl in the cafe is an extension of who I am. I guess if you have someone else, um, you know, doing all of your promotion and social media, it's really important that they need to be clear on who you are and what you're doing. So you do your own marketing and and promotion. A lot of people, they're a bit reluctant to do a lot of self-promotion and celebrate and, you know, their achievements. And I think, you do it really well because it's in a very genuine kind of way. What are your what's your take on self-promotion these days? Um it's a really good point and it is it's super valid because I come across that a lot. Um not only in women but with men as well. And I think it comes down to vulnerability. Again, I think it comes down to how well you know yourself. You know, if you know who you want to be, what you want to do, um, and confidence. So, you know, promoting yourself is really, um, takes a lot of vulnerability. Mm. I have actually struggled. Like, I mean, I still do here and there, like when I'm sharing something or, you know, I'm like, is that the image I want to portray or is that really me? That's the main culprit is really being vulnerable and letting that kind of go. In order to be confident. Cause once, I think once you get over that, once you get over like, Oh, I just posted the stupid shit or I just said something that was really dumb or all those things that you say to yourself. When you stop thinking about that and you stop worrying about that, you're, you've got so much more freedom. So when mm. you post something, it really doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah. And you have to be open and okay with any kind of feedback that you're going to get from it. So that's why it's really important to stand behind what it is that you're saying, um, which is to say you have to have integrity in everything that you do. Well, try to at least. Yeah. You know, that is always the aim. So, again, for me, it, that's something that I'm constantly trying to practice. That's where it may come from because I think that some come through much – like it's easier sometimes to – you know, you well, you know what it's like. It's like when you're wearing something that you really love, and you know, and you're passionate about it, and it, it just comes across. You just you don't have to think about anything. You don't yeah, have to do true. anything. So if it comes through naturally, um, that'll come through in all of your uh, in all of your marketing, and it makes self promotion not. You don't feel guilty about it, or you don't feel arrogant about it because it's actually something positive. It's something that you're proud of and and why shouldn't you 
talk about the things that you're doing and the people you're working with and all the great things, yeah. you know? I, just, I, I, I really struggled with that at the start and still do yeah. because I um, I was always really reluctant to put photos of myself out there. Yeah. And it does get easier, but it, you're right in that you've just got to stop caring so much about what people think and think, what do I like this and does it represent yep. me and am I saying something worthwhile? And that's what you've got to focus on. Otherwise, I'd just be a kind of nervous wreck. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all we all would. Yeah, I went through that as well. Like, who cares what I'm, you know, kind of like who cares what I'm doing for real? But also when I answered that question, I was like, well, someone might care. <laughs> and actually, I care. I care. Hmm. So – that's when I started doing it for myself yeah. and that felt really liberating and um, it also it began to be a, a challenge for me. How far could I push this? What more could I do? This it was, really, it was really a personal journey for me and it still is. I mean, even on Instagram and stuff, I also look at it as a challenge for me to practice how I say things, what I'm trying to say, how I write because I wasn't – I was, um, you know, I know how to write academic essays, but no one wants to read those every day, you know. So I had to learn to really use my voice and make it my own. And that was something that I found, um, you know, promoting myself and uh, posting things on social media, like really, really useful. But yeah, I don't think self-promotion should be looked at in a negative way when it's authentic. So I want to talk about failure and rejection because I think it's become, well, failure, it's become almost fetishised in recent years in that they say if you're not failing, then you're kind of not pushing yourself, you're not innovating. Mm. So, you know, I'm imagining along your career path as you've developed and started doing more and more different projects and varying your career portfolio there's been failures and rejections I'm just wondering how do you deal with that well I deal with failures and rejections much more different differently than I did maybe 10 years ago um the way I deal with it now is much more healthy I kind of look at failures like oh what is this going to lead me to as opposed to this is the end of the world, I'm such a shit person or like I'm not good enough, all that kind of stuff. Those mm. thoughts do still come into my head. Um, but I just think, oh, I wasn't the right person for that role, for example, if it was in acting. Or, okay, this didn't work out. It didn't feel right anyway. There's no point in forcing it. I wonder what this experience is going to bring to the next thing that is going to be the golden egg. Mm. I love the, the, how people are talking about failure a lot more openly nowadays because I think previously it was something you would try and keep quiet and mm. not admit to. I think we've all come around to this, this way of thinking that yeah. you've just described where you're kind of going, okay, failure is just a necessary part of life mm. um, and career and you've got to see it that way and you've got to see it as, okay, it's not the end of the world. I just keep on 
keep on trying or go in a different direction or what have I learned yeah. from this? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't think thinking about it used to be looked at <clears throat> in such a way that it was like stunted. Like if you failed, you can't, you can't at all do that anymore mm. or even, <clears throat> or even think about going towards that dream or that goal. But I also think it takes a lot of that thinking and to get to where, how we're thinking now. Yeah, I don't know if it's a natural fit. And it, it still feels icky. Like, failing doesn't feel good know. at all. It feels and it crap. feels but, so crap. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying that I don't feel a little bit like, oh, why? Or again, or, well, um, you know, oh, why didn't that work out? Could I have done something differently? Um, but you can also ask the same questions in a more proactive way like okay could I have done something differently let's have a look at that that's sort of more where I'm at now so what advice would you give someone who's disenchanted with their job but have some sort of idea or a passion or a, an interest that they want to pursue just start doing just getting involved in the the thing that they want to pursue like just start pursuing it it doesn't mean you have to stop the job that you're doing I think beginning to explore the thing you think you want to do will ultimately lead you somewhere I think the worst thing you could do is just stay doing what you're doing when you know you're unhappy like that is the worst just do anything else I think fear holds a lot of people back as well yeah, but I think um, I guess a way to like tackle fear as well is to just start doing like a lot of it is probably to do with people's confidence and and we were talking about that before and it's very you do feel really vulnerable when you're about to do something new. So like some of the things that I did when I was feeling particularly. Um, like self-doubting when I was self-doubting would be I like made a list of 10 of the things that I actually achieved which you know that were personal to me that I thought was not success but was good was a positive Mm. you know something I could really like anchor myself to and like one of them would have been you know I won a singing competition or something when I was a kid and I graduated can't remember the other things now this there's 10 of them. I, I went through and I had to like, I had to think about it. Or, you know, that time when I got a really good grade in a subject that I really wasn't feeling that confident in and I was really surprised. Those things are, those things are facts. They become facts in your head. So whenever I'm feeling, um, what's the word for not confident? Unconfident? Well, when I'm not feeling confident, I guess I go through these things and a list of things that I know, and it came, it started, you know, and then it became, oh, well, I can, I can talk well with people, or I can make a good coffee, you know, mm. those really simple things that you know are true for you, and it does start to build your confidence up, yeah, yeah. and then you are, the things that you thought you were fearful of, or the things that were kind of daunting become a little bit less daunting and I guess it's just working up to that and then one day you'll be able to take that step but it is a bit of a process but that's kind of how I started to feel more confident and start to explore but you won't get anywhere if you just 
stay doing what you're doing, Mm. especially if you know that you're not happy. Making that career change came from a time when I really reassessed what success means for me and it actually made me realise it's not you know what I was working towards at the time in my in my career Mm. which is why I kind of ask this question of all my guests and it's what is success for you there's so many different uh uh definitions of success for me but I, I think the main the main um definition of success for me would be to be really comfortable in my own skin to not have an ego about anything (laughs) I mean this is a real tall order (laughs) (laughs) um because I've had little flecks of when that happens and I really like how that feels so and I and I kind of think well then it doesn't really matter what else comes your way yeah, I think that would be a definition of success would mm. be to to feel comfortable in my own skin and to let go of all my ego and, you know, have that kind of freedom. Of course, I think I would be, you know, successful would – success to me would be also, you know, being really financially sufficient. Um, being able to do something for the, the world is really – something that I am searching for, um, Mm. to have a real contribution. That's really important to me. Actually, yeah, to be able to be in a position where I can, where I can affect the world on, on a large scale would be some, that would really be success for me. Um, but I think in order to do that, I need to have the stuff I said before, which is, you know, really knowing who I am, Mm. really, feeling free. <laughs> yeah. I know I I know exactly what you mean. I think is once you're comfortable in your own skin, then you're not worried about what people think. You just get on with doing things and you'll probably do it a lot better. Yeah. Then when you're thinking about wor- worrying what everyone is thinking of yeah. you, and that's when the real magic happens, I reckon. Totally. But it is hard to do and it's a process. Yeah. And so you know, I'm I'm okay with that. I think I've just accepted that that's going to be part of the process just yeah yeah, how fast that's going to be be up to me (laughs) so finally what's your travel tip for the place that you're from or where your family's originally from okay so I'm Chinese so my parents are from China but I was born in New Zealand so when I go home I really love going up to this place called Matakana Matakana. Uh, yeah, Matakana. It's about 45 minutes to an hour's drive north of Auckland. Um, there are so many, I mean, I'm from the South Island, so there are so many places, but I was, I love going to this place because close by is a horse riding trek thing that I do every year I go back. And Matakana village is just full of boutique shops and farmers markets so much good food it's beautiful there are beaches close by so it's kind of got a bit of everything for me and also because I don't have that over here in London it's we're like in the city um going going there with my family yeah we just we rent out a 
big house there and we've got I've got all my nieces and nephews and brothers and sisters and we just hang out, eat, <laughs> eat, cook, shop. Sounds <laughs> it's ideal. really small, but it's it's just a super nice village and it's something I've discovered in the last like few years, four years. Um, so it's kind of become a bit of a tradition. Okay, I'm puffing that one on my list. Yeah, it's really <laughs> nice. Lots of wineries and, yeah, great, yeah. Even Ooh. better. It's just moved up Food, my list. Food, wine, coffee, <laughs> everything. It's like a beach. Like, mm. Well, Celeste, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been really fun. Thank you for listening to Freedom Hunters. You can rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to give the series a boost and help other people find it. And you can read more about what I'm passionate about on my website, secondsister.com. Tune in on the first of every month when another inspiring guest will be sharing their story of how they found freedom in a career that they love.